right, welcome to the Texas Hill Country Advisors podcast, where we discuss financial education, the stock market, the economy, and how they may apply to you. It is Monday, November 22nd, about 6 p.m. in Kerrville, Texas, and it's Thanksgiving week. I'm your host, Andrew Gay, and this is my business partner, Gilbert Pies. Hello. Hello, indeed. Um, we're going to kick this off. I'm going to read our uh, disclosure real quick, and then we'll jump right to it. Tonight, uh, we are going to discuss the equity markets, or better known as the stock market. Yes. So... Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group. Member, member FINRA SIPIC, Texas Hill Country Advisors, is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies. And Texas Hill Country Advisors is, not, <coughs> is uh, not the views of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of common stocks of the 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. All right. And you've, you've been practicing that, haven't you? Uh, so Yeah. Because you, 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 you zoomed tell? through it this time. <laughs> do I sound like one of the, the infomercial people? No, the, please don't the, do that. No? Okay. <laughs> An auctioneer? I can't talk that fast. Okay, so, but speaking of the markets, a uh, quick recap from last week. Uh, the S&P closed at 4,698. That's up 0.36% for the week, and that's up 26.7% for the year. The Dow Jones closed at 35,602. Uh, 35, that is uh, down 1.29% for the week and up 18.2% for the year. The NASDAQ closed at 16,000. 57, and that is up 1.27% for the week and up 25.3% for the year. Nice. Um, and the 10-year treasury, that's our favorite, right? Yes. Um, that guy closed the week last week at 1.54%. Um, that is up 0.25% for the week. And for the year, it is down 4.2%. Um, so that's our quick market recap from last week. Um the ten-year Treasury. Last week we were uh, we were above one six, right? Yes, yes, we were. And appropriately, we were talking about fixed income market last week, right? Now we're talking about equities. Now we're going to move on to the other side of the spectrum, or the other side of the scale, which is the equity market, um, or better known as the stock market. So, let's jump right to it. Uh, so, first off, what what is the equity market? Well, the the equity market. Um, as opposed to the bond market where you're a lender and the equity markets you are an owner so you own a piece of this company so you should be able to participate in the ups and downs of that uh, the value of that stock and of course the stock is supposed to go up and down based on a whole variety of factors but really what it is when you own equities you're an owner of a company right a small owner of a company but right. you're still an owner of a company yes that's yes and and you get to participate in some of that growth yes, right in the success hopefully. of the company whereas or or, or failure too because that happens too <laughs> right throw the risk the risk perspective in there yes. which is super important but last time you know you mentioned that when you're a when you're a bondholder or a fixed income investor you're not necessarily going for 
um, the strategy of participating in the growth or failure of the business, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. When you're an equity investor, you're participating in the profits, uh, future profits of that company, and the value of your stock is going to go up and down. And that, that kind of leads us to how do you make money, I guess, in the stock market? And there's, there's really yes. two ways in the stock market. You're, number one, hoping for appreciation, growth of your stock from, say, $10 a share to $20 a share or from $10 to $1,000. That's what your, your primary focus is, appreciation. Uh, but then you can also count on dividends. Some companies, especially your more large established companies that have predictable earnings, will pay you dividends. Uh, dividends are, are, you can kind of think of it as, as a, a payment you receive some of their cash flows while you're waiting for the appreciation to occur. So a lot of companies pay dividends, some don't, but that's really how you make money in the stock market. Right. So there's only two ways. It's either you hope that it goes, what you're holding goes up in value or that it spits off some kind of cash flow. Right. 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 Ho hopefully, ideally, you get both. You get not only appreciation, but dividends too. That's even better. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned something interesting that um, I found interesting way back in the day when I was a wee young financial lad <laughs> was uh, companies that don't pay dividends. Um, you know, there are companies, uh, most, I think, investors or uh, financially minded people would call those, you know, they're more on the growth side of the spectrum as far right. as stocks go, right? But they don't pay a dividend. They don't pay a cash flow. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a... There's a lot of companies that don't pay dividends, and that's okay. Dividends are really not an indicator of whether or not the stock is good or not. Um, it's really just an indicator of what the company's chosen to do with their profits. Every business that has a stock, uh, they expect to make profits. And they can either return those profits in the form of dividends to their shareholders, or they can plow those dividends back into their company to... Uh, pay for their growth that they're they're using that for so you know it, it really doesn't tell you that the company's good or bad if they do or don't pay dividends but um, you know what what you would like to see is a little bit of dividends that would be nice but in the case of say like a I don't know a high growth technology stock a company like that typically isn't paying dividends and that's okay because they're using the money right. to plow back into their business like I'll give you a good example um, uh, there's a real big chip shortage right now. So a lot of chip right. companies make semiconductors and chips, um, they're not using their profits to pay back to investors. They're using them to build more factories so they can get caught up. Uh, in, with, in, with demand. With demand, right? absolutely. So there, there's a supply shortage. They may not have a lot of dividends, but if you can make that appreciation up, that's okay. So um, the typical dividend is anywhere from you know, less than 1% all the way up to 4 or 5% that you see in utilities. Right. Uh, if you're going to get 4% in dividends, you really can't expect that much growth. Um, but if you're getting very little dividends, you hope to make that up in the appreciation. So, you know, if, if you're giving up, say, 1% of dividends, um, but they're, the company's giving you 50% growth, well, I think that's okay. Right. I think that's okay. So there's a, there's a bit of a trade-off. Um, Life's about balance. Amen. Right? Amen. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so there's plenty of good companies that don't pay dividends. Uh, doesn't doesn't mean that uh, you should only look for companies that don't pay dividends. But at the same token, you shouldn't have to worry about companies that only pay dividends. Right. Um, 
you, you mentioned something too, and, and I love how you just transition right for me. I don't even have to transition the, the talking points that Look at we that. Discussed. Even, even know, a right? blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, good, a good stock, right? So you hear that? that like so how do i know if i'm an investor how do i know what a good stock is right and i think initially we both agreed that you know we have to agree on the definition of good yes yes um, yes i, I um, think but therein know, lies the rub right? right sure sure um the the definition of a good stock is tricky because what's good for me may not be good for you necessarily um but there's a lot of statistics and measurements that we use to determine whether or not a stock is good. Number one is um, there's ratings, too, on stocks. There's a lot of companies. Right. A well, lot we, of, men we mentioned that last yeah, week about, yeah. you know, fixed income. Just like fixed income or bonds, there's a lot of companies that rate the quality of a company. So you can use their ratings. Some, some companies use a star rating. Some companies use a uh, one through five rating system. Right. That, that's one method. You know, and, and, and what, what you're hoping for is that whoever that company is you're buying the research from has dove into the financials of that company and said, okay, here's why we think this company is a five-star or a, a five on a scale of one to five, um, five being the best. There's, there's qualitative reasons that they can use, and most of the time they'll tell you how they come up with their numbers. Um, but... You can also look at, at a lot of those numbers yourself. For example, P.E. ratios, uh, right. price-to-earnings ratio, that's a popular measurement that people use to judge whether or not a company is good or not good. Um, but but that's not the only one. There's there's right. a ton of them. There's price-to-book ratio. There's, um, what was the one we Com talked compounded about? Compounded annual growth yeah, yeah. rate. K Kager. Um, Kager. Uh -huh. Kager the yeah. EBITDA, you hear that e one? That's EBITDA, thrown around yeah, a lot. Yeah. That's another acronym that's I mean, thrown around a lot. Um, um, and even the basics, right? Revenues. Sure. Margin. Revenues, sales. Um, how, how much sales does a company have? If they sell a product, what, what are their sales look like? Um, what are their revenues look like? What is their profit level? Because, uh, frankly, if you can have all the revenues you want, which is sales, right? You can have all the top-line numbers that you want. But if ultimately at the very bottom when you deduct all the expenses and you come home with nothing, that's not a real profitable company. And it's probably not one that you want to really consider. Right. Um, so what you're looking for is, is ultimately profit. So uh, those, are, those are some statistical measures that you can use to determine whether or not a company is, is good. Um, right. But but also too, you know, you have to look at the industry. What what industry are yes, they in? Right. Are they in an industry that's that's popular? Um, is it a technology company? Is it a, a green energy company? Is it what what do they do? Um, you you probably right. don't want to be investing in a company that does. I don't know. Um, uh, what, what what's an industry that's not in favor anymore? Um, Oh, you, you probably don't want to invest in a coal company, yeah. a company that does only coal. Well, th that doesn't really make a lot of sense. There's probably not a lot of growth potential there. Right. Um, so that's probably not a company that you want to look at. But on the other hand, uh, you might want to consider an um, EV company. There's a very popular right. car company out there right now that um, might be worthwhile to consider, but it's very expensive. It's gone up quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know if there's much room left. Right. Uh, well, and if you're, if you're, because that's the other, that's the other piece of that equation too. Is it depends on what um, you have going on personally. Sure, too, sure, of course. Right? Yeah, because, it, it's different for everybody. Right. So depending on your investor profile, if you will, maybe 
you should be looking in the arena for growth stocks, or maybe you shouldn't. Right. right? Well, and, and then conventional wisdom says that the younger you are, the more risk you can take. And so you might be more interested uh, in technology companies that have a lot of growth and don't pay the very many dividends. But on the other hand, if you're an older investor, perhaps you're looking to supplement your Social Security earnings, uh, or maybe you're just more conservative. Right. Maybe you want to look at a more established company that maybe doesn't have a lot of growth but pays a lot of dividends. Um, u- utility companies are a good example right. of that. There's a lot of utility companies that pay dividends 3 to 4%, and, and in this day and age, 3 or 4% in dividends is pretty attractive when you compare what you can get on a bank account right now. Right. Um, and those would be considered more of a defensive type of stuff, Yeah, absolutely, right? because if the economy goes uh, south or doesn't do well, most people really like indoor plumbing and uh, electric lights, and um, yeah, they like that kind of stuff. Right. So they're probably going to keep paying their utility bills even if the economy goes into a funk or isn't, isn't doing really well. It's lower on that uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs. Amen, amen, uh, yes. You know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like hot water when I take a shower. <laughs> I, I uh, do too. Most, most people do. We're, we're spoiled. Touche. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Well, okay, so we talked about how you know if a, a stock's a good stock or not, um, and then we talked about the ways that stocks generate um, investor benefits, right, capital appreciation and dividends. Sure. Um, so, you know, as we're doing this, I was trying to think maybe what are some more common narratives I've heard, and I tried to think back to the time before I was an advisor. Um one thing I have heard was the bull and bear. I heard that a lot. You want to sure. touch on that real quick? It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. But I think that gets thrown around a lot. And I think people even might even see it in headlines. And they might not necessarily know what what they're well, talking well, about. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, for whatever reason, I, I guess I really don't know the all the history of why it's a bull and a bear. But um, typically a bull right. represents a good time in the market or a good time in the economy. So you'll see... Uh, lots of imagery of bulls when the market's doing good. Right now is a good example. The market's been doing really well the past few years. And so most advisors and financial people would tell you right now that we're in a bull market. Um, and so you, you'll see a lot of that uh, pictures and photos and imagery of a bull when things are going really well. But on the opposite of that is a bear market. And that's when things are not good, when things are pretty tough. And uh, we haven't had a bear market in a long time. We've had little spurts. Right. We, we've had little corrections and little downturns over the past 10 years. But for the most part, the past 10 years has been considered a raging right. bull market. Well, and I think I think a lot of economists would be inclined to opine on that and say that, you know, COVID knocked us out of the, the bull market that was known as the plow horse economy, right, mm-hmm. that right. lasted since the Great Recession. Sure. Um now, now, I think, too, a lot, of, a lot of people would say that at some point, this bull market, uh, the big upswing we've had in the market, is, is going to run itself out. And we'll, we usually end up having these periods of um, big growth, bull markets, and then we have these periods of downturns where it's a bear market. Uh, and, and since we haven't had a bear market in a long time, uh, since 2008, really, Right. Uh, there's a lot of people that would tell you that you know it's about time that we have a bear market. Now, 
Does your crystal ball over there, tell, <laughs> what does it say? I, I have a crystal ball, but it's real cloudy, so it doesn't really do us any good. Um, I, I would say this, that, that for all the people that are out there worried about a bear market, even in a bear market, there's always good value, there's always something to buy. And in fact, a lot of times when a bear market happens, the people that have been delaying or haven't gotten into the market, it's a really good time to consider getting into the market. Now, you know, everybody's situation is different, so we're not telling you that, you know, at the first dip you, you know, drop your life savings into it. That's not what we're saying at all. But it, it might be a good time to think about getting into the market when those downturns come. Um, right. and, and, and a lot of times what we see and what we've seen throughout history is that when there is a bear market, um, most people act on emotion and they sell and get out right. at the worst possible time. Um, and, and what we usually tell people is don't panic, don't run for the hills. Right. It's not anything to um, be too concerned about. What, what you need to do is be thoughtful, patient, uh, because over time, what we've seen in the market is there's these periods that, that do happen, the bear markets, these downs, but then there's bull markets too. And it's really, really hard for guys like you and me to decide, oh, this is the exact downtime. Right. This is the best time to get out. This is the best time to get in. Because so, really what you're talking about is trying to time the market. Y exactly. Right? What's, the, what's the old saying? That time in the market is greater than timing the market. Right, right, right. right absolutely. Yeah, there's a saying out there. It's, it's, it's not about you know, the, the time to get in the market. It's about being in the market over time. Right. That, that's the, the kicker. And I think if you um, are, are careful and you put some thought behind what you're doing, uh, do your research, right. that over time you're going to do well in the market. Um, what, one thing I will mention, because this is, just came to my mind, uh, a, a lot of people like to put the stock market, investing in the stock market in the same category as gambling. And, and I just thought of that right now because my nephew and my niece just went to Las Vegas uh, with their father to go uh, uh, to Las Vegas. And, and, you know, that that what's the thing you're doing over there? Why do they call it Las Vegas? Right. Yeah, it's, you're uh, gambling, right. It, it's lost wages is actually <laughs> the, I call it lost wages. I think a lot of people do. But but I, I'll tell you, there, there's a difference, a big difference between investing in the stock market and gambling. Yes, gambling and investing do have risk. Of Correct. course, right, yes. yes, but that doesn't mean they're the same thing. When you gamble, the longer you gamble, the more likely you are to lose money because the odds are stacked in favor of the house all Correct. the time. And so the longer you gamble, the more likely you are to lose money. Now, that's, and now, that's that's plain and simple law, it, it, law of large numbers. Shout absolutely. out to Oz, uh, Ozark if you've seen that show. Um, <laughs> well, and, and there's, there's a point in there, and he says, listen, you know, if you give me 10 people, I can't predict uh, that easily how many people are going to win and lose um, right. at whatever said task. But if I know the statistics and you give me a million people, everything becomes a little bit easier to predict. Sure, sure. So the basket's larger. You, you, you got to say that when you're doing gambling, you're going to lose. You know you're going to lose over time the longer you do it. With investing, it's the exact opposite. The longer you invest, the more likely you are to make money and, and for it to come out in for it your to come favor. out in your favor and f I think if you look at the five-year rolling average of the S&P 500 th there's there's a very high correlation between time in the market 
and the, your ability to make money in the market. So, right. you know, it's, it's really, really tough to equate the two things together because they're not gambling. Gambling is not investing and investing is not right. gambling. But it, I think it, but you bring up a really important point because I think that the stock market, especially now after um, the big shift to work from home and everything uh, tech from a technological standpoint after COVID, um, it gets a bad rap for sure, that, right? Sure. And and there are there are let, let's just make sure we're we're clear because there are pockets of certain types of transactions or securities that you can engage in that are extremely risky and involve speculation. Sure, um, penny stocks is a good example. Yeah, or it, just you know, or, or or you know options, something derivatives or something that's super oh yeah. super risky. Sure, um, but. When we're talking about investing over time, we're talking about the longer term approach, right? Right. And the investor's mindset from a from a long term investor uh, perspective. Well, you know, we we get approached pretty regularly about um, day trading. You know, is that a good idea? Can I do it myself? And all this stuff. Well, well, sure, you can do it yourself if you want to. Uh, we we don't day trade for people. We it's just not a practical thing for us to do. Plus, there's, there's a lot of risk involved. But people can do that. But what they don't realize is that there's a lot of risk doing that. When you buy and sell securities on a regular basis, you're taking risk. Right. And, and most people don't realize that, especially if they win or, or make some winning trades over a period right. of time. They think, oh, man, this is easy. A blind one-armed monkey could do this. Well, you know, nobody complains when the market's going right. up it's it's when the market goes down that right. all of a sudden people say well heck i didn't know i didn't right. know i was invested like that i didn't know i was taking that much risk because it well because it's masked right so right. it's like you can feel and see the upside so when things are going up um and it's all well and good and and the tide is lifting you see it sure, right sure. um and, and it's it's just the the risk though is what you don't see while right. while everything's going up right right yeah so we, we always tell people, hey, listen, you know, you want to time the market, knock yourself out, but it's not really a long-term winning strategy. Most of the time, if you do your research and buy an investment and hold on to it for an extended period of time, that's when you're going to make the most money. Right. Um, could, you, could you do other things? Sure you could. Will you, will you make money doing it? Maybe. Um, but more often times than not, uh, we see people lose a lot of money right. uh, doing that. So... Uh, it, it's it's not something we would recommend. That's for sure. Right. Even though it is easy to do, um, right. just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Right. And when we're talking about the investor perspective, that's what we're talking about. We are not talking about gambling. We're talking about you know investing. Right. Yes. Right. And, and being and mindful and of the risk over time and and aiming that investment strategy towards your personal goals and your personal situation. Right. Right. Absolutely. And um, and I'll give you a story. I'll give you a good example. Um, I, I've been in the business for, I don't know, 20-something years now. And uh, when I first started in the business, uh, I, we, we were working, well, not we and I, but uh, the company I was working with at the time was working with a lady. Her husband had just died, and he had worked for a utility company in Houston for many years. And he had died, and when he died, he told his wife to never sell the stock of the company he was working for. Right. Well, there was a pretty well-known company. I, I don't I don't know. Well, I guess I can say who it is. It, it was Enron. Um, this company that yeah, her husband... They're, they're no more. They, yeah, they're, they're not they're around no more. anymore. They're no more. 
That's worth a Google for all of you out there that hadn't heard that name <laughs> yes, before. Yes, if you haven't heard that name before, They even please. had a stadium with their name on it, too. They did, they did. So he worked for a utility company that was purchased by Enron. Um, he had died, but before he died, he told his wife never to sell the stock because it had done so well over the years that right. he'd been working for him. And this lady was, was elderly at the time. And one of the key components to financial advice when you're working with an advisor is we, we always try to analyze your existing holdings and make recommendations on how you can improve it, really to, to reduce your risk. Right. And, and there's something called concentration risk. And so this lady had almost all of her net worth tied up in this one stock right. from this company called Enron. And we, we told her over the years, you know, you, you really should consider diversifying because as good as the company is, there could always be something that happens negatively like, affecting the stock. Like we just talked about. You like, participate in the ups and, uh, and the downs. downs. Exactly. So we, we emphasize that to her. But ultimately, we can't sell something without somebody's permission. So we every time we would we would tell her that she needed to sell some which was about every six months um we would document well told the client suggested you know yeah. diversifying she declined so we we just left it alone well unfortunately she held the stock when it started going down it, it the the collapse of that company was not overnight it, it was a it was a long time coming right but but it it took six months plenty of time for her to liquidate some of the shares and, and diversify then, but she still refused because she said over time, that stock, every time it's dropped, it's gone back up again. So why, why am I going to sell? I'm doing exactly what you said. Hold the stock right. for a long time and um, I should be fine. Well, we, we also emphasize diversification and that, that was holding all that stock um, in one company was going against the diversification aspect of what we talked about. Right. So, Long story short, the company started failing. We suggested selling. She said no, and she wrote it all the way to zero, all the Man. way to zero. And that was very, very difficult to see, but ultimately it's the client's decision, and we can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. Um, and so I know, and that that that's so unfortunate too, man. And that hurts yes. my heart. Y yes, because she was that. because she yeah. was elderly. Yes, she uh, was a widow. She uh, started having some serious medical issues, and so it, it was a really really difficult time. Um, and when and when those things happen, you you know what do you do? You, right. You, um, you know, at, at that time, people start looking to blame somebody. Right. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't us. Yeah. Um, you, you know, we have documented evidence that we told you to diversify and you didn't. Right. So it, it, yeah. it's a very, very difficult thing to witness. But ultimately, those things happen. And right. we, we don't recommend um, those types of things to anybody. We, we would suggest that you consider diversifying. Um, so it, 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 that's just an example on the downside of what, what could could. Happen. Right. And the risk that you can't right. see. Right. And even, you know, and the trick to that is that, um, you know, she could, you, you can probably feel, um, you know, I, I just can't imagine having to make that decision. Like if I was her having to make, trying to make that decision, because sure. you don't feel like it's, it's going to, you don't feel like that's going to happen to you. Right. And that the, it, it happens to everybody else, but it doesn't happen to me. Right. 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 Um, 
yeah, this, that's tough, man. But thank you for sharing that story. Yes, yes, um, it's, it's, really uh, it's a story I'll never forget. Um, it's um, it, it hurts. It hurts yeah. to see those types of things. Oh, right. And and of course, we we don't really need to talk about the ones that work out really well because nobody really talks about the yeah. the home runs <laughs> they hit. But that happens too. Right. That happens it does. Too. It does. It does. Um, but you know, and that's that's a good segue as we kind of close things out for this evening. Um, you know, what if what? How do I how do I avoid um, that situation for myself? Good, right. Good question. Good question. I think the best thing to do is. If you know what you own and you're happy with it, great. But if you don't know what you own, you have questions, you have concerns, uh, maybe you're overly concentrated in one stock too, and you want to talk to somebody about, hey, what, what are some tips and strategies to diversify? Right. Probably the best thing to do is sit down with a financial advisor. And, oh, guess what? We're financial advisors. Oh, yes. Did we mention that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can call us. You can come by yes. and see us, uh, make an appointment, check our website, go to our Facebook page. Oh, um, and, and by the way, none of that. Just, for, just to make contact with us or to talk with us does not cost anything. That's right. That's um, right. We, we, will, we will do a complimentary review so that you can have an understanding of what you have uh, we promise we won't be condescending or um, make fun of you or talk over your head. Yeah. And, and we're not going to uh, do anything other than help you understand what you own. Now, if you already know that and you're comfortable with it, great. That's great. But uh, it, you'd be surprised. And, and I think a lot of people would be surprised about the level of risk that they're taking. Right. And if they don't know, they don't know. But if you sit down with us, we can review your portfolio. We can talk to you a little bit about hey, here's maybe a strategy to consider for uh, diversifying, reducing your risk, maybe improving the income. Um, there's a whole number of mm -hmm. things that we can do. So reach out to us. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Um, go to our website. Come by our office. Come by the office. Um, We'd be happy uh, to help. Yes, absolutely. And, and Just talk. And just for everybody that wants to know where our office is, it's at 222 Sydney Baker Street South, Suite 527. Uh, here in Kerrville, we're uh, at the. That's a seven-story building right by uh, yeah, six, Bonsai. Six-story six building, H -E yeah, yeah. Six-story so. building next to Bonsai, across from the little H E B. Uh, we're we're used available. To be the Albertsons, right? Yes, used to be the Albertsons. Yep, we're available. Uh, give us a call. We can set up a time uh, uh, to visit with you and review your portfolio. And we're very very flexible. So, if you're busy working during the day, you need to visit in the evening or on the weekend. Sure, we can do that if um, you're retired and you play golf uh, a certain time and you need to come in extra early. We can do that, too. Um, so we're, we're flexible. Um, it, it doesn't hurt to give us a call, and we'd be glad to sit down and visit with you. Yeah, and uh, speaking of flexible, it's Thanksgiving week, so yes. uh, to close us out, I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks Happy for Thanksgiving, joining. everyone.